Well, I guess we're live. What's up, Ken Hill? Uh, we got another talking motorbike episode. What's up? You just got back from pit race. Talking motorbike. Yeah, yeah dude. Talking motorbikes. Hell yeah, dude. Just got so. back from pit. Yeah, I mean, what a. I mean, for us, the the, the our actual placings don't really reflect um, how I mean, we had. A, we actually had a very good weekend to some degree. Our placings don't really show that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, for us, it was it was a good weekend. We learned a lot, and performance wise. Um, we're not, we're not unhappy with our performance. We're unhappy with our placing, but unless you win, that's how it is. Yeah, that's how it always is, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you've been working on some shit, basically progressing with your writer, CJ LaRoche, all season. Um, like, what, what did you guys end up chasing or working on this weekend? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Pull up a chair, yeah. like a deep dive, huh? Well, you know, so they, so we, they were able to do the endurance race. So they did the endurance race on the B bike, and you know, we we wanted to try some things on that bike that um, um, that were similar to the setup that we had last year. But as as CJ has grown as a rider, um, there's some things that we wanted to try on on that bike. So we 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 kind of hail married a few things on the endurance bike. I wasn't there. They rode the bike. They did great. I mean, they got on the overall podium. They were second to middleweight. I mean, they got on a, you know, they were third Shit. overall. I mean, they did a, this absolutely badass job uh, in this endurance race, right? Oh, you so guys did the endurance race the weekend before? Correct. What's yeah. the rules on that? Because, like, I remember there was some drama about that last year and some bullshit. Like, you know, the Ducati guys it was and the M4 guys that were all front runners were in that shit last year. So, like, what, what a... What's changed? So there's, I mean, I'm, and I'm sort of paraphrasing the whole thing, but basically if it's an AMA sanctioned event, you can do something within seven days of, of the, of the Moto America race, if it's an AMA sanctioned event. And, but it has to, in it, part of it is an endurance race. You can do an endurance races, but you can't, it, it all has to be, it has to be a race, right? So that's why, N2 had to make Friday a time to practice, right? Because it was part of qualifications. Right. Anyway, they had to completely change their procedure to make it fit the Moto America standards. Uh, but basically, yeah, you could do it. It's AMA sanctioned as well as uh, it's it fits the endurance criteria. So yeah, there's a there's a ton of uh, Moto America guys there uh, doing it, um, and there's a bunch of you know people that don't that didn't have to worry about some of the rules, whether you're top ten in class or season entry or premier blah, blah, yeah blah. so bottom line is yeah they got to do the race and we learned we learned quite a bit uh, which was great so then we took that information and then we were able to start friday uh friday with that and uh, it was okay we were the obviously the new chicane uh you know through everybody uh for loop in you know in our in our world the, the chicane was about 1.8 seconds slower um, just 1.5 to two. So, I mean, in our case, about 1.8 is where we ended up. Yeah. That that's pretty close to what Richard was saying last yeah. night when I had him on, you know, and then he did a, he did a data overlay with I Jake's lap yep. from the old circuit to the new circuit. And I mean, dude, it was damn near a straightaway going into that right hander, but because of the way the, the sharpness of the chicane, it made it. So when you flick to the right for the second part, you have to make quite a more of an arc around that corner, which oh, yeah. also slowed you down. 
Yeah, I mean, the I, I'd have to go back and look at my data, but I think the last year's data, the minimum speed was around 72, 74 miles an hour. Uh, and this year, the speed was down to around 40. Uh, so you had to go to your brakes a little bit earlier. Obviously, you had to slow more. Uh, but then bringing the bike back to the right was even a struggle, right? Because now you get a sharper angle to bring it back. So where grip was not an issue, suddenly right. grip is an issue because right. you're at a sharper angle. So yeah, really interesting. And then just a side comment to Pitt is this is the first time that I've heard those 600 riders complain about grip, no side grip. And yeah. Pitt is a very fairly abrasive, abrasive track. Um, grip has never been really an issue, but yeah, they haven't changed the pavement, have they? Or or is it just the tires are different? Or is or were they complaining about grip just in that one particular area or no, no, throughout the whole grip, track? Side grip on any of the heavy acceleration areas. Um, yeah, everybody was complaining about grip. We actually had to make some changes to to find more grip. Yeah, um, mainly because we're running. I mean, some of the riders have the option of of, of TC on the six hundred. Some don't. Depending on the track, we might run a very light TC setting. But here, because we want every bit of power out of the bike, we run no TC. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a little bit of an issue uh, trying to get grip. So it was the first time this year where we actually had to actively find more grip uh, from the rear. Uh, yeah. And, of course, on an R6 against in that class, that's not that's not a good thing. Uh, you want all the grip you can get. So. Well, I mean, that kind of also backs up what Stamboli was saying. I mean, we did the, we did the Jake versus Jake yep. race thing. And, you know, Jake was quicker everywhere until the chicane and then all of a sudden he just smoked himself last year versus this year you know i mean last year's speed through that right hander after the chicane and all the way back to start finish you know he just gapplebees big time and the reason why is because the new dunlops apparently just don't have the drive grip as the old ones yeah it's i mean we're again on a 600 we've never had a single complaint about grip the entire year never yeah and, you know, to, to Richard's point, for us, I mean, CJ was two-tenths up from his best time last year. We were two-tenths up, um, up to the chicane. And then, then, of course, the chicane takes it away. But, uh, I mean, we, we were making up all of our time, um, basically going to the brakes later, more brake force, a little bit more roll speed. So, but we lost on drives. So we were actually slower on drives this year than last year. Yeah, uh, but but we made it up. We were a little bit faster on the entry and that brake release. Right, right. So you feel um, for CJ at least you you feel that you're stoked with his progression. So I mean, yeah. There's 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 a bunch of, bunch to unpack there. So when we talk about the, the, well, when we talk about let's the, roll up those did, sleeves and talk shit about CJ. Oh no, I mean. <laughs> He's, he's, he's just a, I mean, he's just a, a model client and model, honestly, model athlete when it comes to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we'll, and we'll dive in. I know we, 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 you, both you and I've had a lot of fitness questions, so we're going we're gonna yeah. to fitness and some, and some technique and training. So we'll get into that as well. I mean, you know what I did today, right? I know you're insane. You wrote, I got a lot of sun. I mean, look at this dude. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Wear, wear sunscreen. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah I, my, I, cycling, I, my cycling tan's not like it used to be for sure, but um, it's because you're I'm, slacking. Well, I mean, I still, I rode 30 miles today, but anyway, whatever. But you didn't do a hundred. I didn't, I didn't do a hundred either. I almost did a hundred. Just 
Yeah, like yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know. I'm I am right now. I am paranoid of the sun. So like I'm complete. I'm a complete um, vampire. You're gonna? Are you gonna be pedaling with one of those like welders masks things with oh the? <laughs> I saw some lady in Santa Clarita as I pedaled down the road, and she was jogging in one of those welder mask things. I was no, like, I what the? Like SPF 265. I think that's uh, that's what I'll be wearing. It's like it's like you slather on a blanket. That's kind of where I'm gonna be. Slather. That's yeah. Uh, that's a word right there, a, man. Use a paintbrush. But yeah, so I, I, I'm like spray painting, right? I'm like, shh, 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 yeah, right? So yeah. yeah. CJ, so we start the weekend off and uh, we were a little bit slower than we wanted to be in FP1. Uh, we did make some bike changes. Part of it was the grip issue. And I mean, honestly, we had a good, we had a decent Q1. We had a very good Q2 for us. Um, you know, we qualified 11th. Um, we were actually, we, we were very set for like a third row qualifying for us. And we were, I mean, we were within two seconds of, of pole and uh, CJ got stuck behind a 750 in qualifying. Oh man. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, yeah, not good. So that, I mean, it, that kind of sucked. It got us back a, a little couple positions. Um, race one, same thing, right? We kind of got stuck behind some bikes and I uh, didn't have a, didn't have a great result. We had a fantastic morning warm up on Sunday and, um, uh, the race, uh, race two also uh, was the performance was good. Um, uh, but the placing wasn't. So to answer your question, what we sort of went through was, you know, my job is to find out what's holding the rider back the most, whether it's right. the rider or the bike. And you know what we do when we download, we download for the bike and then we download for the rider. So, okay. So we have a, we have a download where we talk about the bike, right? How's the fork at initial, you know, how's the fork, um, at initial movement? How's the fork at the bottom? How does the bike turn in on the brake? How does the bike turn on the throttle? I mean, we go huge download sheet where we, so you just work your way from the front to back of the bike. Yeah, we do. Um, and because and does that include the tires grip as well? Front oh, and yeah, rear? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah okay. We have, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, a download for us typically takes an hour to hour 15 minutes. Okay. And yeah, it goes from the front of the bike. I mean, we talk about um, the fork at the top. We talk about the fork at the bottom. We talk about the bike um, from turn in on the brake to like getting your knee on the ground. Um, then we, we talk about how's the bike turn on the throttle because there's places you want the bike to turn on the throttle. Right. Uh, we, talk bike, we talk about the bike mid corner. How's the bike when you release the brake? How's the bike when you pick up the throttle? Short radius corner. Long Seems like a lot of work, man. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> this whole professional athlete. Golly. I know. So much effort, dude. Yeah, and then to your point, I mean, we, we go into engine braking. We go into TC. We go into um, stability. Uh, we actually have some boxes in there, like literally when, on the rider download side, it's it's like, where was your brain space? Like we usually we like, we'll ask the question of like, so during that session, where was the majority of your brain space? I mean, that's, okay. that's a great indicator, right? Cause like, yeah, oh, thing won't yeah absolutely. I've got no grip. So we take that along with the other aspects of the rider, you know, how did they do on bike placement? How did they do on their focus? And we reconcile those things because there's times where we'll find that if the rider says, yeah, I was, I was pretty abrupt. Of course we can look at the data and see, yeah. Um, but if the fork moves too fast, but he's abrupt, well, obviously we're not going to make an adjustment if the rider's not doing uh, their job. So what we found out is the places that we were lacking <laughs> the most, the places that we were lacking the most really were initially like in the S's and we needed to make up some time in the S's. And by Sunday morning warm up, 
I mean, we ran our best segment and I, I, we have our Moto America segments, but I also break segments down further than that because you know, we, if we're working on a specific section, I want to know exactly what's happening in that section. Okay. Do you have a way to track that on your dash or how do you, how do you keep track of that? CJ has predictive times, but it's only predictive based on uh, lap time. And yeah, okay. it does go through segments for sure. Is that like the aim dash or what? It, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And we can program that a multitude of different ways on how we, how we want him to see the data. And so we actually fixed, we fixed our, our, we fixed our issue. I mean, we were, we were literally within half a second or six tenths of a second to previous race winners oh, at, at wow. 600 in that, in the, in that segment. I mean, massively a, a huge accomplishment where we were lacking quite honestly was it, it was taking us too long <laughs> basically we were getting in and out of the corner slower meaning from when we applied the brakes to the time that we got to full throttle that's where we were lacking so oh wow we, we worked on condensing our brakes. is it rapid. like is that like shrinking up the quote-unquote wuss gap or is that we didn't you know really the have- uh, you know the the um you know, off brakes, back to throttle gap, or no, you know, off zone. throttle. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, the dead zone. The de- he's actually. We call it the whisk gap. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> his dead zone is is very good. I mean, actually, I'll send you a video. I mean, I've got some videos where I actually study hand speed. Yeah. And where we look at by the time that they they've set the throttle to the time they're say it. I mean, I time it on the on the data, right? I'll time it from like zero to twenty. And then from 20 to 60 and then 60 to hundred, I, I I'll time all these. And I can tell you the average from say, when you start the drive. So depending on the corner, when you start the drive, so in other words, the throttle's positively moving, not after you've set it right. hundred percent. Again, it, there's a lot of variances in there with corner radius, blah, blah, blah. But say it's a typical sort of 90 degree corner. Yeah. It's, I don't know. We'll call it three and a half tenths, three and a half to six tenths is a good number. Okay. That's kind of good. Sometimes, depending on the corner, it might be 1.2 seconds. To, you know, it takes them longer to get to wide open throttle. Right. Well, one of the things that we've had with CJ is a little bit of a pause in his throttle, where he'd go to the throttle, he'd go to the throttle to 60% too quick. Oh, okay. But then from 60 to 100 would take him an additional six tenths. Because he's so, having to wait. That's correct. Okay. So we work a lot on those types of things. You know, if he does that, it's like the forks go, oh, right. Yeah, the bike, the bike, the bike starts to run wide. You're like, well, yeah. the track. But of course, okay. like, oh, no, 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 no. I just need to put a stiffer spring on the back. No, it's you actually need to slow your hand down. So for us, we were we were working on getting in and out of the corner quicker, and um, because we knew that our speed, we know our speed through the corners was was pretty good, at least through the S section. So <clears throat> the problem with that is we actually were able to identify where exactly that was. And I have some other benchmarks that I look at on, on break. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if like there's forks that you've ridden. You're like, I want that fork on every bike. Yeah. That's the best fork I've ever ridden. I mean, yeah. we've all had that. Well, I've spent the last two years looking at data that when, when a rider goes, that's what I want. I'm like, okay, great. What, what is the characteristic on data that gets us that? And I spent a lot of time looking at that and there's parameters, um, there's parameters, basically, 
I'm not going to go into too deep because that's 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 not what I've been spending my. You know, you don't got to share your secret sauce, bro. Like, give me the give me the cliff notes. Cliff notes are where the fork <laughs> is at certain certain bar, right? So certain okay. bar going up and certain certain bar coming down. And now that we figured that out, I can I can really shortcut getting a set getting a front end setting that he likes because I can go, oh yeah, we're too stiff. Oh yeah, we're too soft. And so again, with all those parameters. Dude, that sounds really similar to what Rob Ward was saying uh, a week or so well, ago. Okay, well, I've worked, I, I was blessed to work with Robert for two years. Okay. And Robert's really, I mean, I'm... He's got like a, I, like, he says he's got an idea of how a front end should be. Yep. And he said that um, working with Bobby Fong, he kind of knows what the window that Bobby needs. Yep. And he just takes him there. And then they yep. start from there and work work their way up from there. So it's pretty interesting yeah, that I mean, you're saying the same shit that Rob Ward said like a week ago on the show. Yeah. It's a little bit, I mean, yeah, you're going and, and, and as their speed increases, <clears throat> right. The forces where the fork is. So you have to stair step them. So you have to get them in that envelope first. Right. And once you get them in that envelope, then you can manipulate that envelope based on their pace. I mean, and like fine tune it to yeah. where he needs to. Okay. So, in CJ's case, what we had to work on was his brake release from basically six bar to zero. Uh, he was ha he was too slow from six bar to zero releasing the brake. And again, because we've got data that we can look at that allows us to compare it from quicker riders, um, we, were, we were, bottom line is we were able to improve it. Um, what we couldn't improve is <laughs> is acceleration. Yeah. Um, for us, we we're, we definitely with the, when there's less grip available for an R6, it sucks. Look at look at Hayes. I mean Hayes, I think Hayes qualified fifth. I think he right. finished sixth. Uh, Maz qualified seventh, finished seventh. Um, CJ qualified eleventh, was fourteenth. Right. Mean, that's all the R6s. I, think I know De Declan didn't even qualify. I don't think. I think he didn't make the cut. Dude, it's it's yeah. I mean that class is that class is so tough. Yeah. Um, and again, the 750s are just 750s and even the V2. Of course, I, again, I've said it I mean, before. You know, Stemboli was talking about this last night, uh, you know, because somebody asked him if they were going to do the 200 again. And he said he didn't know. And, you know, he talked about the rules package and how next year there's going to be a kit cylinder head available for the R6. But he says he thinks that maybe like Moto America is a little understaffed to do all this balancing stuff. So it's taking them longer to get the bikes kind of close to even or whatever, not, not just shit on motor America or anything, but I'm just saying like, no, I mean, they're a little understaffed and, and, you know, to, he's like, it, it's, it's, it's causing a situation where the, the flow of the rules, the balancing is like up and down. So it's like one weekend, the Ducati is whooping everybody's ass and then they take their power away. And then all of a sudden the R6 is competitive again. And then they, they give a little bit more power back and then the R6 is slower again. So he's like, it's like this roller coaster. Hey, there's a couple of things that, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, um, some thought there. And one is, yeah, I mean, the motor America is doing the best that they can with what they've got. And it's not right. a task in, in this series. I get it. I mean, this is new territory for them. Right. Um, the one thing that is a little frustrating from our side is the V2 and the 750 right now can choose from multiple maps. So normally you would think, okay, there- And you guys can't? I mean, we, we could. I mean, obviously because our, our bikes are unrestricted, except we're already getting, we're, 
we're squeezed as tight as we can get, right? Oh, okay. We, we don't have anything else to give. I right. Mean, we, we, we were, th we, you know, we were Hail Mary and gearing this week. You got the bad dog map in it already. And that's all, you, you know, okay. That's it. Yeah. I mean, uh, we don't, we don't have anything left. That's all we've got. So we're, we're, we're starting with all we've got. Well, you know, the new gen stuff is there's, they're supposed to have one map, right? In my opinion, right? They have, okay, this is the balancing. Well, what's happened now is the 750 has gone through some iterations. The V2 has gone some iterations. So they're actually able to pick from multiple maps per weekend. Oh, now, wow. So one map might be better on the bottom, less on top. One might have more top, less on bottom. But the bottom line is they can at least choose. That's and interesting. It's a little... Well, I mean, just think, if you're going to go to a track that you need more bottom end, what are you going to do? You need a track that has more top end. What are you right. going to do? Right. And I mean, yeah, you've got the ability to choose where I would think that it'd be nice to have only one standard. And I, I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, where's everybody, you know, ending up. But the bottom line is you still have the ability to choose and yeah. that makes it tough for us. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it seems like just just a little inconsistent there, you know, and it's frustrating as a Yamaha guy, you know, it's like, shit, man, we just got the cylinder head at Laguna. And then all of a sudden it's like they, you know, it seems like they gave power up to the 750 and the Ducati since then. So, um, yeah, it's a little unclear on what the actual changes are. And I know they've, they've said that they would open that up and let us, and let us see it. Now, getting the time to do that, to sit down with them on both sides can be a little bit difficult. That's something I definitely want to do, right? I want to be able to understand the balancing um, quite a bit more. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the bottom line is this. The bottom line is the R6 has got punched in the face. Yes. Um, this, this, this round. Um, and again, we were Hail Marying everything we could at it. I know the other side of the tent, Maz's were... I mean, they were, again, same thing. We were looking for extra kitchen sinks. And, and Maz has a cylinder head too. So, I mean, right. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a solid writer as is Josh Hayes and they're Josh Hayes they're finished what fourth or fifth. Like, fifth, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're badass. All those guys are badass. And yeah, I mean, it, the, the, um, yeah, it's funny when we were in park for May after race two, CJ was in a battle with a couple seven fifties and, um, uh, one of the 750 guys came up to him and said, I was glad that I was on a 750 because <laughs> CJ actually yeah. got by him. And then later on, of course he got, he got passed on acceleration. Yeah. He's, you can look at CJ's data, right? He's being parked. He's being parked in so many spots. He's trying to get runs on him. He makes a move. Get, I mean, and then he, and then he overslows and he has to wait. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just the drag. You're just basically drag, end up drag racing in between corners. And even if you get a run on him, it makes it, it the problem is you never it, you rarely get the opportunity to get a run on it, right? Cause you're just, right. too far, you're just too far back. So you, you can't make a Hail Mary break pass because um, when you're again, lacking three, three and a half tenths off of every acceleration zone, you're just, you, you don't get that back. Yeah. You know, you, you said something earlier that you were asking about asking the rider to download with you about um, engine braking. Yep. Do you guys, is that something in your electronics that you have strategies to like go up and down in the engine braking? Yeah. So, or are you doing that old school style with the messing around with the slipper clutch? No, 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 no. We, no, slipper clutches are great. Um, you know, our bikes, we've got Graves R6s and Chuck has built us 
we actually have two different ECUs that have, I mean, the, 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 the engine performance part is the same, but we've got different engine braking strategies. So on the bike, um, per ECU, we've got three engine braking strategies and I, we have two ECUs to choose from with all the engine braking strategies. Oh, so you guys have like programmed ECUs ready to swap out as needed. If we need to. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So it's not like a spare situation. It's like, you probably have spares too, right? But you have a whole nother ECU. You can just like, yeah. okay, that's badass. And we, don't, and we don't go, I mean, honestly, um, a lot of times we'll run TC one just because it's, it's not very intrusive. Like you'd never hear it. Right. Uh, but it does make a difference on acceleration, especially again, like a road Atlanta, it makes a big difference because of how you like, you can't get you on the back straight where you turn. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw some speed increases with no TC. So typically is, we run is, no TC. Is that the GYTR electronics or is that like flash tune, flash -tune stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's Chuck's, it's Chuck's flash tune stuff. Cause I'm using the GYTR stuff on the Yamaha R1 and um, you know, we got a lot more control over how much power and torque we can, you know, I can basically choke the shit out of the thing, like in the lower gears. <laughs> this, is, this, right? is 600. this is 600. We yeah. want all of it all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So like the, the, that window you're talking about, it's like, when you've when you've set up the electronics for the lower gears like first and second for instance and you're choking the shit out of the power and torque you i mean basically once you get direction you can just you know right you know it's like zero to a hundred like that well again and that, then the bike does all the electronic shit for you and babysits well, you correct i mean the 600 i mean again no tc on that one most of the time uh same thing though just like i mentioned about tracking hand speed on on braking actually track hand speed on the throttle as well okay um, and let's talk about that a little bit because yeah pit had pit and actually this is going to lead up into a question i have already um i have a guy his name is chris uh graybosch and he said uh he says he'd love to hear how you break down thinking about a corner from exit to entry he says he's tried listening to your podcast, but as an amateur, it's difficult to understand. So it kind of leads, what you're saying kind of leads into what he's asking. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's all based on corner radius or, or what, what it starts with what the corner, the length of the entry versus the length of the exit. Okay. It all starts with that. So is the exit longer or the entry longer? So that's where it starts. And or are they equal? Well, that's balanced, if right. you will. That's correct. A balanced corner. So if chap school, where do you think they got that? I don't know, Ken, where did they get that? Yeah. Great question. Um, I know the answer anyway, exit entry balance corners. And so where that, where that, um, exit corner, once you understand it's an exit corner, then you look at the appropriate report cards for that, which is, can I start positive acceleration past the apex? Great. Entry corner, you're going to use the brakes to or past the apex because the entry lasts longer. And a balanced cor corner can be either, um, uh, just depending on, it, it, you can you can set it up as either an entry or exit and it doesn't change the lap time. That's sort of how we look at it. So that's the short version there for Chris. Um, there's a lot more to it. He can listen to the podcast multiple times because there's a bunch of stuff in there on that. Um, but... Pit, the, the thing about pit, 
it has places where, I mean, you cannot rush the entry. I mean, you cannot rush. I mean, backing off a little bit. I mean, it's like, like for instance, I, I had a conversation with Richard on Saturday morning. We were just talking about JD in general, because, you know, I've worked with JD for so many years. Yeah. And so we're just talking, he's like, ah, oh, JD's rushing this and he's rushing that. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit and JD came over and we actually went through, talked about it, track map breaking. We went, we kind of went through it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's so funny because everybody does want to get, I, I understand how important the last 0.01% is, but fundamentally you got to start with your bike placement and are you taking advantage of what that corner is? And so JD was rushing some areas compared to Jake and, and, and that was definitely, definitely a problem. But the other thing that was in it, that we had to talk about that is so important at pit and there's other tracks like this road Atlanta's this way, for instance, in the S's, how you release the throttle and how quickly you release the throttle is a major deal, major deal, um, at pit. I mean, turn three to four, uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I so mean, you mean like whether you roll off or you brick wall it? Yeah. I mean, yes, but there's places where you roll off earlier, but not all the way. Oh. And you keep the, but, but of course the hard part is you have to time it. Oh, dude, dude, you have no idea. How, I mean, <laughs> yes. And luckily, I mean, we look at GPS based data to, I mean, the rider sits there next to you and you go like, look, you're letting off at that patch. You need to let off before this patch, but not all the way. And this is how we got CJ to be within six tenths of basically a winning lap time by um, most of it was throttle timing. So rolling off earlier, but not all the way for specific corners. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's, there's so much detail that has to go into the, that last couple of seconds. Um, it's, it's <clears throat> mind boggling and pit, how you use the throttle at pit is huge. Like, and even how the bike is pointed, how you point the bike off of 17, how you point the bike off of five, um, how the bike, you point the bike off. The track of looks a, like a lot of fun because of the, the up and down roller coaster nature yeah, of it. You know, yeah, the chicane, fun. I don't know. Yeah, the chicane's I mean, kind of bullshit, but the rest of the tracks looks pretty rad. I mean, I've ridden, I've ridden that track, no chicane more than I've ridden it with chicane. And, and not, I haven't, and in full transparency, transparency, I haven't ridden the new chicane, but I liked it without the chicane. I, I know everybody said it was nuts. I think there's other places on that tracker that are more nuts than this area, than the area with no chicane, my opinion. But anyway, well, I'm getting props from our commenter that I pronounced his last name correctly. There you go. I'm like, well, score. Well, yeah, I mean, if if our, <laughs> I mean, if our if if our four listeners get at that out of it today, then we're we're in good shape. We have 26 right now, buddy. Nice. All right, yeah, awesome. yeah. The seven fans has grown to 26. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. So yeah, just to, just to kind of finish up on pit, I mean, it's, I think it's an insanely technical track. I think it's has, yeah. in some ways it's more difficult than the Ridge, um, which the Ridge, I mean, obviously you've been there and we're fast there. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I used first gear a ton there. It doesn't, do you guys, are, are you guys getting down to first gear for that chicane? It doesn't no, look like anywhere no, else is second. second. Yeah, I think the super bikes were going down to first there, but you know how Stamboli is. They they go down to first gear everywhere. So yeah, we, well, they're we, they're we, dude, we they're looking it. to get every jump they can off the corner with those we things, right? It. Yeah. We didn't I mean we didn't need it, but yeah, again, pit 
from a writer perspective, I mean, honestly, CJ did his job. He did a great yeah. job, a fantastic job. And honestly, we are the thing that was holding us back. The next step was, was literally, this is the first time I've been looking for more acceleration uh, the, mm. since I've worked with him. We were just lacking on that. Uh, and also lacking grip. We got the grip for the most part, uh, but we lacked acceleration and we kind of yeah. fixed everything else. So for us, it was good. Um, and again, pit, pit the nuance of how you use the throttle, how you turn the bike, you know, how you really, oh, it's such, it's such a big deal. So that's kind of the pit report. Let me ask you this. Um, did you guys fall victim to the chicane penalties? Uh, no. No, we had no issue with that. No issue. Because it seems like because of the nature of that rule, you know, and because that's one of the few areas that people are trying to use that to pass each other, um, the guy that's being passed usually ends up getting sent to the curb and gets penalized. So, okay. I mean, let's – okay. So that – I mean, we can finish uh, – we can talk more about the pitch chicane. I, I actually don't like the new chicane in that, one, it's tighter – um, the consequences are higher if you make a mistake. Right. And there's no, the, you're, you're pointed at the grass. Right. Where before, when you brought the bike back over, you were more pointed back on track. Right. Here, you stay pointed to the grass quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it seems like a, it looked like a lot more risk going in. I would agree. And if you notice, and going out, actually. Okay, but if you're hauling ass, your bike is off the ground going in. Right. You're jumping the curb, right? I mean, that's just how you're going to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you jump the curb. Your bike is basically kind of to the right when you're jumping the curb. And then you get in midair, you're trying to bring the bike back down to the left almost. Yeah. And then you're not pointed right. And so, yeah, it's really difficult in there. Um, and again, you saw with, with, with Cam B. Somebody, yeah. Something happens to the rider. You have nowhere to go. Dude, I talked to I talked to Ashton about that, and he was like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "I I when he jumped the curb, it shook a wire loose, and when he pulled the trigger, there was nothing, <laughs> and he didn't know it until he pulled the trigger." You, don't you know, know? I mean, and again, wow, you get two bikes behind you, you know, that are sitting behind you, and yeah, there's no, there's no. And Bob's had nowhere to go, dude. He just oh. man, it, it was so bad. I, I'm glad he's okay, honestly, because it could have been way worse. Because Hayden Gillum just Hayden Gillum gave him a pretty good lick while he's fly, flailing through the air, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, if Camby was on the ground when yeah when went by that 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 yeah that could have been really really ugly. I mean, should they, do you think they should explore going through there without the chicane period or is the place just not enough runoff there period for that? Cause I got a commenter that says that, uh, that, uh, Chris McCreary says he rides pit race and without the chicane and it's scary fast. He says it is scary fast. I mean, basically you're, <clears throat> you're coming off of 14, third gear, fourth gear. You're almost going to hit fifth gear. Is it like turn one at the Ridge without the chicane fast? Uh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> way, it's way less than that. Right. Um, but th the thing is, I mean, I know if somebody runs off, they're going to run off there fairly late and yeah. we're more than likely going to be parallel. Now, if two bikes came together as you were coming back, from the left to the right, two bikes came together. Yeah, that could be ugly. 
Yeah. There's a lot of places where that could be ugly. So, well, you hear, you hear Skultz in the post-race interview, you know, uh, because him, he and Bobby were kind of going at it and Skultzy, the crafty son of a bitch that he is, he was said straight up. He's like, Oh yeah, dude, I knew he was going to go in there and there was no way I sent him, you know, like (laughs) he just let go of the lever and Bobby had nowhere to go. Correct. You know? And then Bobby gets a penalty and, um, I don't know. I think in, okay. So I guess the way to break it down is this. I think the chicane we're using now is not as good. Um, and I don't think it's as safe as the one we used before. I realize that what the track is trying to do is to have a permanent chicane. I get it. Um, I don't think it's as, I, I don't think it's as good as the situation we had before. Should they op- make it, make it wider? So it's not as, as sharp. Uh, the problem, it, it needs to be reconfigured for sure. Uh, well, it would need to be reconfigured for sure. The problem is, is they're trying to keep it. So if they're not, somebody's not using the chicane, there's no alterations that have to be done. Right. So, cause that, that, that curb is basically at the, at the end of the, of the right. track where, where the track normally ends. Yeah. The little Island I'm saying, keep the Island the same, just open up the entry and exit. So it's not so steep. Yeah, I mean, I would say opening up the exit would be the safer route because you're going to have people, you are trying to slow them down. I get that. Right. The issues that we're having are where people are trying to bring the bike back. Somebody's blocking somebody and there's no place to go behind them. Right. Because because you're pointed at the grass. Yeah. I, I think that there could be something there. Yeah. There's, there's some grading that would have to happen, but, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's, I think there's, I think there's more, there's definitely an improvement that can, that can be done. Though. So I, I heard some other stuff about pit race. I guess the pit race management was having one way conversations left and right with uh, people in the paddock, you know, screwing down their awnings to the, to the paddock surface and parking in the grass and stuff. Were you guys, apparently you guys weren't on the receiving end of any of that. No, other than, so a couple things with Pitt. One is I know that when they parked, there was a motorhome that got parked for the team because normally the motorhome stays in the paddock. Uh, the motorhome got parked up at the top and uh, it got parked and then it sunk. Uh, I mean, it made it, oh. it made it 25 feet before the whole thing freaking sunk in the ground. Oh, dude. So it had been raining so much there. Yeah. That, I mean, they shouldn't have let anybody park in the grass. Obviously that was going to be a problem if they knew is it going to be that wet. So right. I, I, they, no one was told that. So I, okay. Just like if you're on the bike, right. And if you got off in the grass, you were, you were not, you were down and that was, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, wet grass is basically the same behavior as oil on the ground, on the pavement, Correct. right? You actually, yeah. You're, you're speed up. Yeah, exactly. You're Slip and slide. So, so that's one thing about that. The other thing is, is that the, the wind, the wind was nuts, I think on Friday night. Right. And Pitt gets weather. So I don't know, Thursday night or Friday night, I don't remember. Friday night, maybe. Anyway, Pitt gets weather for sure. So people, how people put their canopies down, or, you know, put their canopies and so they don't, they don't fly away. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. That said, no, we, we were not on the receiving end of, of any of that other than I know that they had to drag the motorhome out with a freaking four-wheel drive. So oh, that was y'all's motorhome? <laughs> well, wow. it was CJ's. It was CJ's but, yeah, good uh, times. 
yeah so it, it yeah Fair yeah enough. i mean i i heard um i heard some comparisons of the track manager guy to the guy at high plains raceway i was like what <laughs> have you dealt with glenn before at high plains raceway i have i've been i've been so you know exactly what i meant then huh so <laughs> In full transparency, I've had nothing but good issues with Glenn and those guys. I have no issues with those guys. Oh, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I have been on the receiving end of of his uh, vitriol, I guess you could say. But it wasn't my fault, man. Like, he asked me a question, and I gave him feedback. He just didn't like the feedback, you know? I think it was more – this was more like um, the one-way conversations that happened at Indy. Oh, okay. When we were at yeah, when we were at Indy. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I heard some anyway. stories there too. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So right yeah, on. That, that was kind of our. That kind of wraps up kind of our our whole our whole pit weekend. But dude, there was so much other action going on. The superbike stuff was amazing. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I mean, you got to yeah. give give it up to Jake, right? Like nobody, not even us. I mean, we kind of knew. You know, I mean, I know that um, that Tom was very adamant that you know, Jake's championship Jersey had to be blue and we had to have it there because mathematically we had a way to win, you know, but we didn't expect to Richard no, was like, no, dude, we, yeah. no one expected him. to. Yeah. No one expected him. Yeah. Him. I mean, he could, we expected him to win, but we didn't expect, you know, his lead rival in the championship to get a donut on the weekend. Um, and, you know, and, and then like, Dude, Richie Escalante was so close. That race, dude. Won. Yeah, that race, that race won. Yeah, that that was a little bit of a bummer, but so yeah, first of all, dude, Fong, Fonger <laughs> getting pole. Like nobody predicted, my and, man Fonger and, getting pole, and by a lot, dude. He's a such a beast. Yeah, dude. I mean, if, I mean, how loose he likes that bike um sideways everywhere i mean oh yeah just, dude yeah. Even and the way like, the way he would enter the chicane too and like full-on jump that first corner at the the first curbing and it, like the bike would barely land and he was already flick i was like every, god every damn the chicane, it was like oh he's not gonna make it yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay cool yeah i mean um, he's going in there like full lock sideways like dirt track and the thing on the way in oh totally so yeah, the Fong the Fong thing was 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 absolutely absolutely amazing. I mean, same thing. Even PJ PJ rode so well, dude. Yeah, PJ yeah. PJ's PJ got a sniff. You know, he won a race at at Brainerd, and dude, it's like a light switch went off in that dude. And he's gonna. I I suspect he's gonna be a threat to win at Coda. You know. Yeah, I I, I mean, first of all, I think the Beamer is gonna work really well there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the first sector. It's got some quite a bit of side of the tire stuff. I get it, but I think there's some places where that bike's going to do. Oh, dude, down the S's, you know, down the hill there with waterfall or whatever they call that shit. It, like, I think that thing's going to, I think that's going to rip not only that, but I mean, obviously, um, can be goes, uh, goes pretty well there. Dude, honestly, I think, you know, the Ducati was like nowhereville this weekend. Um, but I mean, I, at Coda, I mean, you know, it sounds like those guys are pretty confident that they're just going to ruin everybody at at uh, at Coda. At the Ducati camp. Mm-hmm. The Ducati goes well there. I mean, it has. They were it, fast. It, they were fast at the test. You know. Well, but I mean, even I was know, the remote Baz, timing bitch for the test, right? But I mean, I mean, Baz Petrucci, obviously, you know, yeah. Jake had problems, but. Um, 
yeah, I think, um, I mean, the bike does go well there. Yeah. But I think, I think the Beamer's a massive step up. And I think yeah. the Beamer's going to do, I think the Beamer's going to do really well there. How do you think, how do you think these, uh, the string of crashes is going to affect Bobier's comeback? Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I was, it's like, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him make mistakes like that week in and week out, you know? I, yeah. And I, I can't, I mean, we can't, it, it, it's tough to call it a mistake, right? Because he's kind of sort of been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, it looked like he, they were lost with setups. Like he was racing against people that he, he probably would never normally oh, yeah, yeah. be so, with. Yeah. There's a couple topics there. One right. is, yeah, as far as like the crashing, right? So the crashing, I mean, that's the wrong place. At the wrong I mean, time. Brainerd, you know, um, I'm saying the mistake, like Richard, I'll, I'll give you straight up. Like last year when I, when I did the CRA thing at Laguna Seca, Richard texted me and his and his lead mechanic guy at the shop, Yosef, same thing. He's like, whatever you do off the start, go into turn two on the inside. Don't get hung out to dry on the outside. You'll be put and, you'll, you'll, you'll and, run you know, on track on the outside. Bobier Bobier's raced at Laguna forever. He knows this really well. And somehow he found himself on the outside and then he ended up again with nowhere to go. And, you know, obviously Bo, uh, Bobier ended up getting kind of taken out by a campy who crashed right and but it's like why was he out there you know was he was it that he was do you think he was like just wanted to be in the front really bad and thought that that was the way to get there or do you think he got kind of pushed out wide like I, you yeah, know I, think, I mean i think he had pace right so i think he had yeah. pace and I, I think he wanted to get going pretty quickly yeah. And he had, you know, opportunity with, with, you know, trying to, trying to be able to get a, to make a run on the, in the opening laps. So it, it is a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is for sure. A tough one. And then the and brainer then thing, th both of those, I think were his mistake. Like he, you know, Jake did the same thing a couple of years ago in the same, same spot. Yeah, right. I mean, literally the same, the same, the same. Yeah. Literally like you kind of get sucked in there and then it's like, shit, you know, like, yeah, Jake Lowe's, I mean, Jake basically rode the thing off the rear tire where in this, this case, you know, it broke away for camp, but then, uh, uh, ended up high siding him. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I think with camp, I, it's funny cause we were, when we were checking out the new chicane, the track walk, I sat there and BS with, with cam for freaking 20 minutes. Uh, in the chicane, we were checking out. Of course, we didn't talk about motorcycles. We were talking about bicycles. Um, yeah, Cam's, Cam's riding a bike a lot. So that's that's pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, I think. It's I all think, I do now. Shit. I know. I know. Dude, I want to ride motorbikes so today. bad. Seven what? hours today? Seven hours today? Yeah, seven hours today. But, I, you know, I want to ride motorbikes bad, but I can't risk all this training, you know, because being so close to that San Francisco to LA thing. So. I, well, we'll 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 talk about training in just a little bit. Yeah, we'll, dude. We'll get on that. We had a, both had about a lot of, a lot of people ask about that, but I think with Cam, I mean, he mentioned that he goes he goes, can I have not had my bell rung like I did at Bar or at, at Brainerd? He goes that that was not a pleasant experience. Oh, I bet. And so you know, we came back at at Pitt, and then it wasn't all that in FP one, but then you know, Q started to come up. Right. And I'm not sure what happened in that one. I'm not sure what happened where he was so far back for a while. I don't know what was up with that. That seemed weird. He, it's like he got a bad start or like 
did he accidentally leave the pit lane speed limiter on or something? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was, it's it was weird. uncharacteristic of him to have a totally. bad start. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, he did, he did warm his way through, you know, pretty quickly in the one race, but then, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was weird to be stuck where he was stuck. I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. And I haven't, I haven't talked to him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think, I do think this is going to play on him, right? The championship's over. Yeah. He's gotten, he's gotten his, he's gotten his teeth kicked in a couple of times and well, Jake, Jake it. finally gave him payback <laughs> right? uh, for, I mean, for 2020, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that Cam's going to want it. I think he's just going to want to get this year done yeah, uh, and over with is, is my guess. Now, Coda, he might, cause it's Coda and he obviously hauls ass there. I think you're going to see something from him, but dude, he got pole in moto too. Like, insane. I know. It's right. Insane. But you know, I, I think, I think their season you can look at it a couple of different ways, but I see their season quite honestly, it's a pretty big success. The, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they raised the bar a little bit in the paddock to, to a degree, right? They had to step up, but they stepped the BMW program up. And of course, part of it is, you know, cams there, um, you know, the crew chief is super motiv- motivated. I think, you know, Dave does a great job. Dude, attack um, Yamaha knew the threat and elevated their game, dude. Like they had to, I mean, they've got, they, they have thrown the kitchen sink at them R1s to keep them going, you well, know? But, but look what it did to the rest of the BMW team, right? Yeah. I mean, PJ's game got raised where yep. he's now more consistent at the front. And now that even Corey's getting, you know, Corey's, Corey's getting, taking a sniff too. He's getting quicker. Yeah. That whole deal, that whole thing got raised. So it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive, quite honestly. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think this year, Hard to say what 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 his motivation is going to be, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I I I'm glad Jake won the championship. That's awesome. I'm a huge Jake fan, just like I am right. MB fan, and it was fun, you know, because you know at the beginning of the season, Michael Kiley made that really fun press release talking about how they're going to gladly relieve them of the pressure of having the number one plate, you know. (laughs) And you know, I mean. He basically did the Babe Ruth, you know, point to the home run oh, yeah. thing, right? Oh, yeah. And and it was super fun, and that's the way we took it. But yeah, I mean, there was a couple of people on the corporate side that were like, eh, "That wasn't the coolest thing to do." And I'm like, "Dude, come on, this is supposed to be fun too." So, I mean, I think I think for Can B, for the people looking on the outside in, it shows you how hard this sport is right how ruthless it is and how quickly it can change i mean it, it goes from hero to zero in in a snap right of fingers. it is so hard and that's that's why again you got to make the highs don't make the highs too high don't make the lows too low and just do you do you think like for cambobier do you think some of that um some of the way he's been falling down do you think that's something like left over from moto two where you gotta you gotta be in the hunt in the at the beginning or you're fucked like could it be a little bit of that too um i think i i think he wants to be in the hunt right away right and i I think that's part of it is he knows he knows that he has pace yeah he knows he's got pace right and i know that they've you know they've developed a bike that's enable him to get out there, get to, to get up there. So I think, yeah, I think he's in a hurry to go quick. 
Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, of course, that's that's sort of what his job is. But do you time- think how about this? Do you think his skill set and his knowledge of where he knows he needs to be isn't lining up with where the bike is yet? I, I would agree with that. And I mean, meaning that I think there's weekends where, you know, both cam and the bike are equal. I think there's some weekends where the bike might be slightly behind cam and cam's going to rely on himself to go, well, I'll figure this out. Okay. Or, or Sunday morning warm up, they will have caught up to him. Cause there's a lot of times who's been the fastest guy in Sunday morning warm up a lot of times, right? Cam. Yeah. So I think there's, he knows where he wants to be and he's like, well, the bike may not be there, but I'll, I'm just going to do my thing and, 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 and ride to that level. And I, I think um, an off season of healing and a bunch of off season tests. I mean, those guys are going to be really, really tough next season. I think so you know? too. Yeah. I think, I think they've got a great formula going. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I think they've, uh, they fired a few shots across the bow. Yeah, they have. So, and then obviously, you know, it sounds like the, or the word on the street or whatever is that Chavi's going to be in Superbike on the Ducati next year too. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they get if they get funding for that. Um, I mean, obviously, with him, you know, basically just a a uh, you know a hair width away from uh, from winning the the Supersport Championship. That'll be two championships for that bike in a row, and it's kind of it's kind of run its course uh, to a degree, right? Um, yeah, I mean, if they put him on it, it'll be interesting to see how he does on Superbike. I mean, boy, that guy can perform on Sunday, can he? I mean, he yeah. sure can. It's I mean, the dude, the dude's got experience on Superbike too. So, right? Well, look, I mean, and the other thing is, like, look, I mean, he didn't cue well on uh, at pit, right? I think he was row two on pit, right? At pit, and then, but look, look where he ended up at the end of the first lap. Where is he? Right? He's either leading or he's P two. I mean. The, the guy, the guy. And how about, ride. how about Stefano? Mighty Mouse, dude. Holy shit. That guy is a beast. He's amazing. And you yeah. know what? That Chavi guy in the super sport class has forced guys like Stefano and Josh Hayes even to like st- step up their games. You know, I mean, especially under braking because he's got that super world super bike kind of braking style where. It's a, it's a whole it's, nother level. Yeah, up. dude. It's a whole nother level up. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no two ways about it. And we, I mean, the bottom line is he punched everybody in the face on that. Uh, in right. The of the year. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of embarrassing how, I mean, <laughs> he, I mean he did. I mean, like what he did at Road Atlanta. Um, yeah. Even at, even, even to a degree at Barber uh, in, 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 in poor conditions. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a slap in the face to, uh, to everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with with, I think you've seen people like Stefano. First of all, Stefano's just in a much better position to be a racer now. Yeah, got a great well, because he's not changing he's his own tires in qualifying right. I mean, on TV. <laughs> it's fan- yeah, it's, it's. I think it's great where Stefano's finally in a position to be able to ride. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, like race two is a great example. I mean, race one, obviously, Stefano had a great race covered his bases. He wins race two, man, the game, the game got elevated in race two. Um, all those guys had their hair on fire, um, right. You know, trying to bring the pace up. So yeah, all those guys are, are getting after it. So I got a couple of comments. Um, uh, Dre Ka, um, I don't know who that is, but I think it's Andre Castano maybe, but, um, 
He's asking if this is a Modelo. And um, no, dude, I don't drink alcohol, man. This is a orange cream soda. Right? Um, John McCowan says uh, the pit chicane looked scary. And then um, Rick Crespo asks for tips on New Jersey Motorsport Park on a small CC bike. He says he's riding a KTM 390 and a 92 FZR 400 RR slash SP. That's a lot. Um, he says he's going to be racing there in a couple of weekends and he wants some tips. Cool. So, um, one, the cream soda is pretty good, actually. I mean, Dude, it is, right? It's orange cream soda. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. I, I, I will give you that. Um, and yeah, that we talked about the chicane quite a bit. It is, um, yeah, it, it's, I think it really ruined sort of a, they took away some of the flow from that section and they made it quite a bit worse, but that's my opinion. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey's a fun track, especially. Yeah, it is. Bike. Oh my gosh, I have so many laps there. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of that like turn eight nine ten complex. Oh my god, yeah. There's Dude, so my favorite things. thing is just going to the stick, coming out of ten and trying to race myself to the bridge. Tell hey, so Rick, if you send me an email at cagecoaching at gmail, um, I have it's not they're not published, but I have these guides that I send to my pro riders. They're briefings, and wow. I've got a briefing on New Jersey that I'll uh, I'll send you. Right so on. Send me, send me an email. Dude, and you know what? Send me an email, and I will, uh, with your address, and I'll send you some Talking Motorbike stickers for that. What the heck? Yeah, nice. dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, yeah, so have at it, Mr. So before Crespo. We, before, we get, before we get into more, if we have questions from our, our four and a half people, um, uh, we, I know a lot of people want to talk about some training and fitness. So yeah. Well, let's, you know what? I, I mean, I think I, I've gone through the seven questions that we have. Um, oh, Ken has a briefing for, he, he wants to, Stephen Pettinger, he's asking for a briefing for Barber. <laughs> wow, dude. I know. I might have that as You well. just, you might have, yeah, I'm sure you probably have that. Um, so the fitness thing, it kind of came up because, you know, again, talking to the skipper and we were talking about JD and how, um, you know, a after race, the, the second race on Sunday, like basically race three, JD gets off the bike, takes his helmet off, and it looked like he didn't even break a sweat or anything. And meanwhile, he was running lap times throughout the race that were podium capable. You know, dude, I think I think so. So he had pace. Side, sidebar to this: JD's a badass, and if you leave JD on that bike a few more weekends, he's going to get it on the box. I'm telling you right now, dude. I'm rooting for him to finish the season on the thing. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Yamaha's made an announcement or anything like that. Who the rider is, but I'm really rooting for JD to be the guy. He's he's just a professional athlete, man. I mean, he it's. I mean. Well, not just that fitness part, but like, dude, he races dirt track. There's no front brake lever on that thing. And he's been racing yeah. dirt track since 2020, right? Yeah. So he's like, dude, uh, what? Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I joked with him before the CODA test because I knew he was going to ride. And I, I, I sent him a text and I was like, JD, man, like, I hope you got your, your right hand ready, you know, because you got to use this like thingy on the, on the handlebar on that side that you don't have on your bike. And his response to me is super funny. He was just like, I was born ready. Yeah. 
honey. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think people underestimate how hard it is to ride a, well, how hard it is to actually race a motorcycle, let alone to race a superbike. It's insane how athletic you need to be to be yeah. able to run that kind of pace. Three, I mean, three superbike races over the weekend, plus obviously FP, plus Qs, it's, it's, it's nuts. And I mean, I'm sure if I got, I'm sure JD would share it with me, but I mean, if you got JD's heart rate data, I mean, that's what they train for. I mean, right. CJ is a great example. When I met CJ, he would do a 15 minute session. His heart rate would be in the one seventies. His max heart rate, his max heart rate for race two was 138. I, I mean, that's awesome. It's yeah. I mean, because they, they have to, they have to train for it. So yeah, I mean, JD, yeah, he, he, he works out. Um, he, he works out. And so he bicycles a lot too, right? Yeah. I mean, for, he's on a motorcycle a lot, which helps of course. Yeah. But yeah, his cardio respiratory is in a position to where, you know, he can, he can do these long sessions and, and not get, and not get smoked. And I know other riders, especially I had some riders that I knew of, like at the endurance race and you'd watch, they'd be great for 25 minutes and then they'd fall off a cliff. And right. The first thing that happens when your fitness drops, in other words, you've, you basically, as soon as your fitness, meaning the end of your glycogen, right? The end you start of your making time, mistakes. Dude, your lap time plummets. You start making mistakes. You're, you can't focus. Right. So that's it. The, the, basically the fitter you are, the longer that you can ride at pace. Right. That's, that's just all there is to it. And when you're in a class like that, you got to be able to ride at pace from start, from jump to end. Right. Like, yep. I mean. Yeah. And you know, what's great is JD, he's got this ability to get on a motorcycle that he hasn't, he's never ridden it before. I mean, he rode one of the attack superbikes in 2021, but he hasn't ridden a superbike since 2021. And right. he gets on the thing and, you know, a couple days riding the thing, all of a sudden he's doing pace that the leaders are doing in the race. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Like he didn't get on the podium you know, whatever, but he was, he was in that mix against a bunch of dudes that have been there the whole season and they've been riding that style of bike forever. So it's, and, and, you know, JD had a habit of uh, having the crutch of the rear brake lever and uh, Richard took him off. Uh, oh, we did that. We did that years ago with him. Yeah. We, we trained. He we put actually, a, he put a, put a handbrake on, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We've been there. So I think there's a there's a lot to unpack there, and and part of it is when you know, we we can dive into the, actually fitness and what there there are some actually some some very um, rudimentary guidelines that that I have on on some on some fitness things that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, JD's obviously he's got very good very good cardiorespiratory fitness. I mean, he's he's in great shape. But part of it is you know, it's not just being in good shape. So what allows him to be able to show up and do this, right? He has really good riding fundamentals. Yeah. It's just like if you put Jake, if you put Jake on a Ninja 400, right, he's still going to ride the Ninja 400 at a high level. He's got good fundamentals. Just like if Jake didn't ride for six months, they jump on a bike within four laps, he's going to be hauling ass because he's got good fundamentals. Well, I, I've seen that at the tests, right? Like yeah. we'll show up at the, in December or something, we'll do a button, we'll test over the winter, the first test. And, you know, Jake hadn't ridden since September, basically, right? He gets oh out God. there and the first, like 
within five laps, he'll do a, a lap time that's just unheard of yeah. um, at Buttonwillow. I mean, like I've I've seen I've seen a minute forty from him out there, which is insane. Like, so I mean, they understand. <laughs> They understand what direction is. They understand what good brake usage is. They right. understand what their vision is. They know what, the, what reference points are. They know what their fuel references are. And so JD, even though he's doing it in dirt track, it still has two wheels. It's still got a throttle. Right. Has, so there's still a slow point. There's still an exit. There's, you know, all of that is there. They're just right. putting it in a different environment. And so guy like JD, that's what, that's what actually, how can they jump on something and go so quick? is because they have fundamentals built into them. They know where the bike should be slowed and pointed, you know, relatively. They know what proper brake usage is. Now, are there nuances? Of course there are that they've got to figure out. And, right. You know, they, they, can get, they can get within three seconds of the pole time very quickly. And of course, then they got to start working on those last little bit of seconds. But that's, that's what's so underrated in our sport is understanding what the proper fundamentals are so you can go do that you can jump on any bike anywhere any time it doesn't it doesn't matter right and you know instead of like oh i haven't been to that track in a couple of years or five years and um hey can you guys give me a couple sessions to get warmed up it's like no fuck no shut the fuck up and, and stop being such a pussy, get out there and get your oh, job done. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Get their job done. And, it, and that's what, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're trained to do. So the people that want to be able to be JD beach or Jake on or Cambobier, I mean, those guys have put their reps in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'll tell you the 10,000 hours thing, right? Well, kind of, yeah. Deliberate practice. So I'll tell you a quick story and I may have told it to you before Dustin. So I apologize if you heard it, but <laughs> we were doing one of these, well, we were doing one of these, the, you know, back, we were doing one of these like Rick camp camps and we were, we were at Chuck Walla and we were doing the dirt track stuff and JD was there. Roger Hayden was there and we're ripping and Hayden was there. And we're, they're ripping around on XR 100s or whatever they're ripping around on. And we had a couple of fast club guys there and they're fast club guys. Right. And they had done very little dirt track. So, I mean, they're getting punched in the face, right? I right. Mean, it's, it's, of course, I mean, look at who they're riding with. So at the end of it, one of them comes up to me and he goes, dude, I, he goes, I can't believe how bad I suck. He goes, this is horrible. He goes, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z, but here, you know, I show up here and I suck. And I said, look, you, you, you've, you've been riding one of these bikes for, you know, 50 minutes. JD, come here, come here, JD. JD, how long have you been riding a bike like this, like at a turn track? He goes, uh, 23 years. <laughs> so it's like, it's not even fair. No, it's, that's my point is that, yeah. you, you know, you're not, you're not understanding the process and you're not understanding how this whole thing works. And, you know, the problem is, is very few, very few of us have given your, yourself permission to learn. They always, they think that they have to be fast, but right. they don't realize how, much time JD sucked doing that. How right. many times, how many, and how many reps he's, he's put in. So yeah. I Dude, mean, that kind of goes into the fitness thing, right? I mean, you know, I've been, okay, I've been okay, doing. But, yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. going to do this. You're doing San Francisco to LA, right? Yeah. How many miles? 525. 525 miles. Okay, great. So if you, 
<laughs> I'm just gonna. Say. I'm just never gonna ride, and I'm just gonna show up and that's right. Get her done. That's right. But you got carbon wheels, right? So you're gonna be good to go. Yeah. Right? Or e tap. Like, like, I got an e tap, dude. It's you know. That's the yeah. thing, right? It's like it's like the same mentality in riding, right? It's like, well, right. I got. I'm gonna put a shock and a pipe on my bike. I'm gonna be great. So you're yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm gonna put. Yeah. So for me, you know, I got electronic shifting, and I got carbon wheels, and I, dude, oh, I got that new wax chain. So I oh. got the new wax. Oh, the big, the, the big, uh, the big derailleur pulley. Saves me two watts. Saves me two watts. <laughs> right. So it's like it saves you two watts when your FTP yeah. when your FTP is you know a hundred and five. Right. I mean, it's just like come right. on. You're right. It's the same thing. Like you're putting a shock on your bike and a pipe, but you're breaking <laughs> three hundred feet too early. It's just and you're turning in early. Yeah, I mean, God. Yeah, yeah there you go. So yeah, yeah it's it's. It's, it's <laughs> understanding what you need at the right time and, and realizing that there's so many aspects of training that has to happen. So, so what, you, what you're saying is, you know, if you're riding a bicycle, you know, you don't just go to the shop and get fitted and buy one. And then you're immediately, immediately you're, you're, you're immediately you're doing six hour bicycle rides the next day. Like, oh, dude, you're, you're cat one the next day. That's how it works. I don't even know what that shit means, honestly. Well, it's, it's like a category one racer is like the highest level of racing. Oh, okay. In the US. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's nuts. You know, I think to, to back, to back up a little bit is, you know, I talked to Richard, I think it was Saturday morning, you know, hey, right. how's JD doing? Hey, JD's doing X, Y, and Z. So before Superbike comes over, JD comes over and goes, Hey, Ken, can I talk to you a little bit about what I'm doing? And he's like, how do I go fix some of these areas? Because JD already has a, um, he already has a technique, right? He already has methodology. I'm not, we're not creating a new fundamental. All we're doing is bringing out a fundamental at that time that he needs. So he's hmm. like, oh, let me just pull that out from my backpack. I can go use that. Great. Cool. So that's why you know, he has so many more tools in his toolbox to be able to use. But the bottom line is he's, he's built that toolbox, right? It's, it's like, it's like, for instance, you know, you're going to go do this ride and there's going to be some point at the ride. Cause you know, basically it's a lot of sort of slower, long distance stuff, but you're going to lose your mind getting competitive on some climb with somebody and you've done some intervals and like, you're going to pull a 20 minute session somewhere yeah. that you're going to be, you're going to haul ass on. Right. So, but it's having all of those systems working right not just one right and those all have to be trained you know what's weird um uh, and you know i used to argue with nate you know nate loyal kind of works yeah. with me yeah. you know nate right yeah. kind of yeah so you know i used to kind of almost not quite argue with him but like i used to kind of box with him a little bit because i'm like he had me doing quote unquote base miles mostly right yep. but dude the the base miles are so key because what happens is your endurance builds up while you're doing all these base miles. And then all of a sudden you do the intervals and it's next thing, you know, you know, you go from, you know, two to three hours to like six to eight hours yeah. on the bicycle. And, yeah. and then you have, you have gas in the tank left over after, you know? So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else, right? The stronger <clears throat> you build your foundation, the more that you can put a pile on top of it. Right. And so many people are so quick to rush over their reps. 
And I mean, I can, it's like uh, lifting weights, right? If you start lifting too much, then you end up injured. Then you go backwards, right? Totally. Or you did, you don't, you just don't build that system the way that that system needs, right. to, be, needs to be done. I mean, even, even on, in, in the motorcycle world, I mean, we would have, uh, we'll just use JD cause it's a great example. When JD would train with us, we'd put him on a stock R6 and we'd put him on Q3s typically. And then, yeah. and then, or then we'd put him on slicks later on and it'd be like, okay, you're going to go work on X, Y, Z. And then, and, and then we'd say, okay, great. You're going to go do three, three lap sessions. So an out lap, three flyers an in lap. And I want them all within two tenths, right? So basically don't come back here until you get those two tenths. Okay. Then he would, he'd, he'd get that and he'd get that figured out. And then we'd say, okay, great. We're going to put you on, you're riding an R6. Great. Guess what? We're going to put you on that R3 right now. Stock R3 with street tires. And you got to go do the same thing. Oh man. Yeah. But, but you see, you're, you're having to develop these systems and then put them in a different environment. And that's, or or guess what? Now you're going to ride an R1. Great. You're going to ride an R1, go figure it out. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just part of having to build those different systems Right. Just like you're doing with cycling, right? You got your base miles. You've got your three by 20 minute, you know. FTP. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do like a 30 miler, 35, 40 miler. And I, like I'll cram in a bunch of different intervals in there, you know, kind of making my heart rate go up and down. Basically, that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did, I did 30 miles today and I did two 20 minute sessions in that 30 miles, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going to do a warm up. I'll do my 220s cool down. Life is, life is great. And just, you can pick different workouts in those different oh, yeah. systems. Yep. But yeah, the bottom line is all this shit's got to be trained. Yeah. And, and I can't, I can't emphasize enough. Again, nobody wants to do the training cause it's boring. It's not sexy. Nobody's watching. Yeah. It's actually where all the work is. All the well, my, my goal, like, you know, using the training for the San Francisco to LA thing, I think I told you months ago, I was like, dude, my goal is to make this as easy as possible. And so I'm kicking my own ass every day trying to trying to make it so when I do that ride, it's going to be a breeze. And right now, dude, where I'm at right now, it's like, it's so going to be easy. <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's no doubt, right? You'll be able to ride with packs of riders. Like I was talking on the phone, climbing up Lake Hughes today to my buddy. I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm climbing up Lake Hughes." He's like, "What's the grade?" I was like, nine percent." And you're having a conversation. Yeah. Seven percent, nine percent. Yeah. Right. So I think I think there's some there's some basic guidelines. I mean, I try to have a few guidelines for people that are trying to get some base some base fitness in. Again, when we look at what makes up an athlete in general or in, in total is obviously you've got your physical fitness, you've got your mental fitness, and you've got your, your technique. So all three of those things are, have to be trained. Each one of those systems has to be worked. And on the physical fitness side, it, it's, I like to see as a start, I like to see riders being able to have good cardio respiratory um, endurance. So in other words, good zone two endurance for double whatever their sessions are. Right. So like you look at JD for an example, right? If they've got a 45 minute race, right? He needs an hour and a half of zone two training, meaning that he can, he can complete an hour and a half 
of zone two without his heart rate heart rate rising. Right. And and that's that's a guideline, <clears throat> but at least it's a good start on on doing it. So if you're doing a 20 minute session or track day, right, you need 40, yeah, 40 minutes, minutes of a good zone two where your heart rate doesn't rise up. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. So I, I mean I think there's there's a lot of things. And you know, part of it is But you gotta work at it. You can't expect to be there the first time you try it. You you gotta go in there and put in that work. Like what what would you recommend as a way to start to get there? Yeah. So great question. The first thing is we need to work the question. We need to work the equation backwards. Oh, instead of getting, instead of getting jacked up saying, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Actually think about how much time are you willing to commit to training per week? Cause whether it's 20 hours or whether it's two hours or whether it's 20 minutes or two seconds, you can't accomplish something two seconds. You can just say, I'm going to get better exits at the next time. Next time I, I ride. Great. If you say that every day, you're going to get better exits the next time you ride. So yeah, you can improve with two seconds a day if you actually commit to doing it. So the first step is deciding how much time per week am I going to dedicate to this? And then you can look and say, okay, what part of my training needs work? And if it's on the physical fitness side, getting some sort of base cardio respiratory work going, I would say, let's make it up, right? If you could, if you're going to, if you can do, if you can do, let's say you could do six hours a week, I'm just going to throw that number out there. If you could do six hours a week and you can do four hours of some sort of zone two cardio respiratory and two hours of basically some strength training and flexibility, you're going to be light years ahead of, of other riders, light years. Not six oh, yeah. Hours a week. I mean, there's a lot of club racers that I know that don't do anything. Like oh, they literally, sure. they sure. literally roll their bikes out of the trailer, and then, yep. you know, and then they're they're always complaining about you know being smoked after three laps. And it's like, yep, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, why. yeah. Anyway, and even at the track day, right? Even at a track day, we, oh, sure. you know, I, I got dudes that, yeah, yeah. The they don't do the last session or they don't, when they do the sessions, they, they pull off, you know, couple, couple three laps yep. before the checkered flag, you know? Yep. I mean, I so. pay for every session. I'm going to freaking go out there. What questions do we have? We have any questions so far? Well, you know what? I got a dude that's asking about, um, oh, <laughs> Castanos. He says, it's good to see you involved in the sport still. And he wants to know if you still coach on the track as well as off, you know, like lead follow with your students on track, that kind of thing. Um, so I got some pretty big changes happening in, in, in that realm that, you know, I've been doing on track one-on-one -on -one coaching. In other words, me basically riding behind people and coaching. I've been doing it since 2006. So, okay. And there was a point, and you and I talked about this, between 2006 and around 2012 or 14, 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean, it was 100 and, between 110 and 125 days a year on track. Right. So I've done a lot of lead follow. I've done a lot of laps. And two and, up. A lot of two up. Yeah, yeah dude. I, don't I did a two up with you at Jersey. Yeah, I don't know how many I don't know how many thousands of two up rides I've done, right? Thousands of them. And so I'm at a point where um I don't need or 
I don't, it's not that I don't need to, because I think being involved at, in the sport at a, at a level that is, um, uh, like fundamentally at the, at the beginning, let's see how new riders are doing. I think that's super important, but I have enough reps and I have enough information built. I, I, I have enough inventory of, I know what's going on. And, you know, part of being also in the track day company that I co-own, which we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for next steps. Meaning I, I, so the problem with me running laps and me doing one-on-ones and also the online training, the online training has been crazy. I mean, I, I spent four hours on online reviews today. So there's, there's, there's a point that I, I am not getting better. And there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish in the sport that I'm not doing right now. And part of it is a lot of it is a lot more in, in the writing world. Um, I've got some book projects that I want to get done. Um, I'm going to be releasing a Substack that's going to have writing and videos. That Substack is going to be happening probably next month. Um, so that's going to be happening. I'm actually um, getting out of the track day business. Oh, so yeah? I am. Yeah. So I am. What are you doing that for? Um, there's a bunch of reasons why I'm doing that, but are you done with being government? <laughs> I, I think, I think the right way to say this is there's been a lot of wonderful things that have been happening that has happened when I've owned co-owned a track day company. I've met some amazing people. I've had some of the best staff in the world. I, I mean, it's amazing, but what's happened a little bit is there's, I've definitely had some, uh, internal business conflicts. We'll leave it at that. But also I'm at a point where I'm not getting better. And the more I say no, the busier I get. Right. And it, it, I keep kicking the can down the road of all these future projects. And I, I just, I am going to, I just have to make a clean cut. So basically, yeah, I'm, I'm getting out of the track day business. Um, I'm getting out of online training. I'll still, um, I'm getting out of online training. That's a bold statement from you, man. Well, I mean, I'm not getting better, right? And I, okay. I there's, there's, my list of stuff is so long. The things I, you, want you mentioned it the last time we talked is that you were going to take a little bit of a break or whatever to work on getting better. Th that's it. I am. And part okay. of it is, yeah, part of it is, I mean, there's again, my list of stuff to do. Um, again, I want to write more. Um, there's some, some videos work that I want to do. Um, and basically I want to put some books out. I've got, I have enough information for a lot of books and I, I just don't have not condensed the time to do it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it is. So to answer your question, Andre is, yeah, I mean, I've, I've put a lot of time into working with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I, I mean, if you wanted to, I could easily switch over to cars and do one-on-ones and do very well, but I don't want to be on track necessarily. I want to be on track for myself, learning, trying things and doing things Okay. or more than, um, working, you know, working with clients. I, I know it, I know so enough now that when you're, when you're on bike and you're trying all these things, right. Are you going to have data on your bike so you could track, you know, Absolutely. what you tried and how it worked and that no, kind of thing. So many th there's so many things that we want to, we want to work on. Wait till we get the foot, the the foot pressure and the hand pressure sensors going. That's a great one. So I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many cool things that we want to be able to do. Like pressure do. in the bars? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Oh, wow. Yeah. The big one is what you'll also see is, is, is the vision. Um, we've developed, we've developed some pretty cool things on vision. That is, that is MotoGP level. 
Okay. I'll I'll share it with you. Yeah, yeah, you could. I, I, I'm I'm welcoming you to try that shit with me. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty high level vision that stuff that we'll have going, and we actually I'll be doing some very exclusive vision schools um, probably starting middle of next year. Okay, um, that'll be a project that I'll be doing. And um, anyway, so yeah, there's some high level things that I want to do. And I'm just not in a position to do them now because I keep running laps with. Are you planning on staying in Washington or are you going to? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's, it's a a little bit complicated. I mean, we've got a little place here in Washington state. It's wonderful. Um, But for my wife's work, we need to be in DC. So Washington, DC. So we'll be doing a lot of stuff in DC because of of where she works and how, what she wants to do. And so it'll be probably 70% East coast and 30%. Uh, West Coast. Oh wow, that's that's quite a jump for you. Like you're a West Coaster. I well, I don't know. You travel all those. You travel. You've traveled so much for years. Like you, yeah, you don't really. It's yeah. I don't think I've missed a motor. <clears throat> you live out of a suitcase all year, so. <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't. Well, I haven't missed a Motor America race. I think since 2015. So. So there's a couple guys. Uh, Dan Christianity Christiani says by GME. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know what I asked him what that meant and he hasn't responded yet. And then tip in racing says moto pilot program. Yeah. The moto pilot program is, is, is basically a lot of the the training stuff that I've developed. That's where actually a lot of the guides and books that I've had, um, again, part of next steps is there will be, um, there'll be a masterclass. Oh, wow. We'll have an online masterclass that's based on, based on all that. Uh, that'll be again one of the projects that's going to be happen after the first of the year, um, where you'll be able to basically have a, uh, a seven week course um, where um, yeah you'll you'll go through seven levels of uh, this moto pilot program. Wow. Well, Ken, you know what, man, we're at damn near an hour and a half on this what thing. What the hell? <laughs> We talk a lot. Yeah, we do. I, you know, we have we have this thing where we just talk about motorbike stuff, and it just I don't know the time where it goes. But dude, it's been fun, and you know what? I wish you the best of luck at Coda, man. You know? Yeah, we've 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 already ridden, or we've we've actually driven at Coda already this year. So CJ has. Okay. And so um, we're really looking forward to it. We're pretty jacked up for it. Um, again, we've learned. I'm going to see you guys there too. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be red. I'm jacked for Coda. I'm, I feel good about it. We've got a good direction with the bike. Uh, we've been waiting for this round all year. I can't forget. You know what? I've been waiting for it all year, but for a different reason, two different reasons, actually. Number one, breakfast tacos. Number two, barbecue is a food group. So there's, there's, I mean, bro, there's, there's, (laughs) I can't remember that it's Terry something's barbecue. Yeah. There's that, there's salt lick, there, there's yeah, so bro. Many. Like, so dude, many. barbecue is like a, I'm, I'm just looking forward to like meat with a side of meat. There you go. Well, I don't, I mean, meat I, comas I, and I breakfast rarely, tacos. I very rarely eat red meat. So that's like completely off the leash to be able to go eat red meat. So have I'm you done the that. breakfast taco thing in Austin yet? I haven't, haven't done that. Dude, you know what? I'm going to grab one for you on my way to right. the track. Yeah. You're going to get ruined. You're going to be ruined for life after you have a breakfast taco. <laughs> all right man well Thanks, good chat Justin. yeah that's good chat dude good yeah, stuff we'll, we'll do it we got i know we got a few more of these with yeah uh, a few more a few more rounds so yeah absolutely all right man
All right. Sounds good. Yep. Thanks. All right. Bye. Dude, that was good, Ria. Super fun. Like, I feel good about it, man. Like, we.